It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatics, the football gurus. I got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can find him on pregame.com. You guys can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Esler. And I also have Steve Reeder in the house. You guys know him as Avoid the Vig. You guys can find him on Twitter at Avoid the Vig. All right, guys, here we go. NFL Week 4. We went ahead and we chopped out five games from the slate. We're all going to go ahead. We're going to break them down. We'll talk about them. Now, last week, uh, I asked around. Nobody knows how we did. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take some uh, We'll take some notes about the plays that we give out because I'd like to know, you know, if we if we did well or if we did poorly for our listeners. So we'll go ahead. We'll take our notes. We'll make sure we go update you guys uh, for next week on how we did. This week, first game, we're going to go talk about Browns-Vikings. Cleveland right now, right around minus one, minus two, depending on which book you shop at. We have a total of 51 and a half. Steve, I'm going to go throw it over to you first. How are you feeling about that Browns-Vikings game? Well, the Brown, the Browns uh, and Minnesota have actually exceeded expectation. They're plus four and plus three and a half, respectively, uh, against the spread margin. Uh, I really feel like Cleveland is riding high right now, and I don't know if that's legit, if, they, if there's reason for that perspective, or if this is a, you know, a faux team. Uh, essentially, they lost to KC at the opener. Um, they probably should have won the game. And looking at where KC is right now, you have to wonder if there was a problem the first couple weeks of the season here with KC that we should look at that loss as not necessarily an indictment of Cleveland, but certainly knock them down a peg. Uh, the last two weeks, they've obviously dominated. They beat Houston by 10 points and lost, uh, beat Chicago by 20. Uh, but neither of those wins are inspiring. Now, granted, you can only play who's on your schedule, but they're... Uh, I don't know if we should look at this Cleveland team as world beaters right now and certainly not hand them a, a playoff invite. Uh, Cleveland does have their advantages in the game, though. They should have their way on the, grand, on the ground because Minnesota's 20th-ranked rush defense, they give up 6.7 yards per carry to Chris Carson. Certainly, Cleveland has a better running back than Chris Carson. They might even have two better running backs. Uh, Cleveland themselves gained 215 yards on the ground against Chicago, so I do expect them to exploit this uh, matchup on the ground. Um, Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, you know, there's been a lot to been made about him. And ultimately, um, he got sacked five times last week. He doesn't have Landry as his security blanket. He did get Odell back. So it'll be interesting to see how he's incorporated into the offense to see if he can kind of stretch the defense a little bit to open up that underneath uh, game for Baker. Uh, I don't think he's a game manager, but I don't think he's too far off of that. So if Cleveland is going to have success, they're going to have it on the ground in this game. Um, and Cleveland's defense looks solid in the stats. But they played against Davis Mills and Justin Fields the last two weeks. Uh, in week one, Mahomes put up 337 passing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so I, I don't know how excited we should be about that. But Garrett, Miles Garrett, had four and a half sacks last week. The team had nine. Minnesota, on the other hand, only gave up one sack last week and four hits to Seattle's defense. So it'll be interesting to see uh, with the push and shoving aspect of it up front uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been playing fantastic. He's third in PFF, according to, uh, according to PFF in the QB rating. Uh, 323 yards, passing three TDs, and an absolute must-win against Seattle. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back, too, because that game last week, they couldn't go down 0-3. So now that they're 1-2, and do they take the foot off the gas, or do they let their guard down a little bit? It'll be interesting to see how that goes, um, and certainly how Dalvin Cook does, if he ends up playing in this game or not. Um, Alexander Madison did his great impression of him for 112 yards this past week. Uh, but ultimately, I, I don't like any side here or total uh, necessarily. Minnesota may be a teaser option. And, and 
I'm leaning towards the over on the game, but it is lying pretty high already. I think I'm probably going to sit back and watch that one. Yeah, I don't mind the Vikings actually in the teaser there, Steve. I actually feel like they're, they're pretty live to go ahead and win this game. If I had to take a lean, it would probably be towards the under. Reason being is, do you want Cousins, do you want Baker out there throwing when you have running backfields that you know, are, are pretty good in this particular game? I just think 51 and a half, 52 is just a little bit too high. I think we see a lot more running here and maybe a little bit more closer to the vest because this is an important game for both teams. Uh, I'm not surprised that Minnesota beat Seattle. That didn't surprise me at all, and it wouldn't surprise me if they if they pulled this game out either. I don't want to go as far as saying the wrong team's favored, but I kind of am getting that feeling a little bit. How about you, Uncle Dave? How are you seeing the Browns and Vikings game? I was seeing it pretty clear until you guys started talking. Um, you know, in as much as Mike Zimmer is always a betting deterrent for me, you know, Cleveland lost the game. They should have won at Kansas City. But, you know, as Steve said, Kansas City has issues. And then they subsequently played the Texas and Bears, and they, they didn't exactly dominate Houston. Houston played a lot of that game with David Mills under center. So, you know, that kind of makes me getting to Cleveland on the road a little bit difficult. Um, you know, if the Browns can't run, I don't think they can win. But, and Steve alluded to this, Minnesota let Seattle rush for 100 yards. They let Arizona rush for a buck 77. They let Cincinnati rush for a buck and a half. So there's no reason to think Cleveland won't be able to run and score. Uh, you know, I know the Browns' defense is third in yards per game allowed, but I digress to who they played. And I'm not a cousin supporter, but he's not Justin Fields either, who obviously the Browns kept out of the end zone last week. And, and the Vikings have put up 30 or more in two straight games in spite of sucking in the red zone last week, uh, much to my chagrin. Both defenses have been sieves in the red zone. The weather looks to be fairly cooperative, so I think you know where I'm going with this. I, I lost a tough bet on the Vikings' over last week when they had 38 first-half points and, and then neglected to get in the end zone with the second half. But, you know, I'm not going to run scared because of one game. Uh, and I, I like that initial tick was up to 52-and-a-half, 53, back down to 51-and-a-half. So I'm going to hold out maybe for a 51 and take the All right, so Uncle David be on the opposite side of the total there. Um, not a whole lot of wagers for that particular game. I think that's a tricky one. I actually think the next one's kind of tricky too there, guys. We have the Cardinals, we have the Rams. Rams right now undefeated. Uh, a lot of people talking about, you know, are they the best team in the league? And I will have to go back to last week. Cardinals' performance against the Jaguars wasn't exactly great. It looked like it was a look-ahead performance, in my opinion. So I believe the Cardinals probably come into this game ready. I believe they come in here focused. I would take the plus four and a half. Now, the question I'm asking myself with this particular game, is this the time that I go ahead and fade the Rams? Is this the right week? Is it this week or is it next week? I believe if the Rams start out 4-0 on the season, that you know week five might be the week that they that they let down a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Cardinals. It'll be a pizza bet for me. It's not going to be a super strong play. But I, I don't know how the Rams are going to be able to defend Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray on the feet is going to give them a little bit of an issue. Uh, again, I, I honestly don't think the Rams' defense is, is all that great. I know a lot of people are buying into you know, what went on last week as they beat Tampa Bay. But look, Tom Brady plays a different game than anybody else. He plays a game very similar to LeBron James, where a lot of the people are playing checkers and he's playing chess. Those teams stand a very good chance to go ahead and play at the end of the year. And I know Brady, they will not show everything that they have to a team and that they potentially could see. They'll hold players out. Antonio Brown, for whatever reason, I guess it was COVID-19, uh, didn't play in the game. 
one way or another, they didn't get to see the full, you know, the full arsenal of Tampa Bay. And I believe that if these teams play again in the playoffs, Tampa Bay is easily the better team, and they're probably favored by three. That's just my, my feeling with that. So I do believe the Rams are a little bit overrated, and I believe the Cardinals probably were looking ahead. They get a wake-up call last week and was like, hey, you know, you're going to go out there and play like that against the Jags. You know, you could almost lose the game. Now, granted, they put a, a really good, you know, end of the third quarter and a fourth quarter together, and they pulled that game out. You know, they were, they were down nine and that went by 11. So there is firepower there. I just wonder if this is the week to go ahead and fade the Rams. I'll take the four and a half. I feel pretty good about that. I'll throw it over to you there, Uncle Dave, cards, Rams. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, Sleepy, I agree with just about everything you said. And I think if this game were in Arizona, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation. Uh, I would have already bet the Cardinals big, 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 uh, just based on that letdown potential. But, you know, I had it left to look further because, you know, winning at sports betting is a little bit deeper than that. You know, and the Cardinals are undefeated. They won two road games. And as you mentioned, I think they were in a tough spot last week in Jacksonville. Played on the East Coast. They're playing in humidity. And that was after a late win against the Vikings and before this game. So, you know, that first half, I think, in hindsight, was a little bit predictable. You know, let's not overreact here. And they did wake up and do what they were supposed to do in the second half. So I think that's a good teaching moment for the Cardinals. And, you know, the Rams, well, I think teams have almost given up trying to run against them. Uh, but I think that plays into Arizona's hands. They're second in completion percentage. Rams' defense is allowing 70% completion rate or 24th. So Jalen Ramsey be damned. They're just not that good back there. And, you know, look at the Rams' opponents. They beat the Bears at home. They beat the Colts barely in a game they could should have lost. You know, and I'm thinking that win over Tampa Bay was the outlier. I mean, you know, the Rams are good, but let's not overreact. You know, they had all the energy. We're facing a Bucks team that was shorthanded. You know, in the back of his mind, you know, Brady is at New England this week. So, you know, after doing some due diligence here, I can't call a Cardinal win. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. Um, I don't think the Rams will ever close the back door. Uh, in fairness, I bet the Cardinals plus six early, but I still think four and a half is one fine bet. All right, good stuff there, Uncle Dave. I'm kind of glad that you fall on my side because I wasn't sure which way to go with that. You know, there is the Brady dynamic, you know, with Tampa Bay and, and the look ahead and there's, you know, we'll – how did the Cardinals look last week, and you know how how are the Rams feeling? So I felt like there were a lot of dynamics, a lot of kind of let down, look ahead situations for this particular game, and I just I needed to wrap my head around a little bit. So I'm glad you got to go ahead and talk there, Steve. How about you? How are you feeling about the Cardinals and Rams? I agree, kind of what you guys are saying about um, ultimately what is the real Rams team. You know, what we just saw from them was pretty fantastic against the Bucks, and that's the last image in our brain right now. Uh, you know, the one thing I'll push back a little bit is I think as the year progresses, they they could get better. If they stay healthy, I think they could get better as the year progresses. Stafford is obviously new into the system uh, coming over from Detroit. So learning the system, learning the players, learning the, the plays, um, McVay just seeing what he's capable of and what he likes the best and working through those progressions, um, I, I think – could actually unlock some of this offense that we just haven't even seen yet. So as the season progresses, um, I actually expect the Rams to get better. Now, with that being said, this could easily be a letdown spot. I mean, you're playing the Super Bowl champions on national television. You're going to try to get up for that game. Um, but Arizona's legit. I mean, they're 3-0 and right now. So I don't know if they're afforded that opportunity to look past anybody. Um, you know, I did want to downgrade Arizona, though, at the end of that first half when they attempted a 65-yard field goal attempt at the end of the first half, um, and it was returned for 109 yards. I mean, that is just absolutely mind-boggling. That, that, that should have been like coach-fired situation. 
you do that at the end of the game, kind of like what you saw. Um, uh, I forget what game it was, the 66-yard the field goal. I don't even know why it's escaping me right now, but absolutely incredible. But that's to win the game for Justin Tucker and Baltimore. Um, you, you just don't do that at the end of the half. And now you're giving the Jacksonville Jaguars life to come down, score a touchdown, and get some momentum going. So I, I thought that was absolutely horrendous. Uh, but the team itself has actually been pretty good. Kyler Murray is, is the third-ranked quarterback, according to PFF. Uh, Hopkins has been hobbled, but Rondell Moore has stepped up, and he looks like a true weapon. Even A.J. Green, who was I thought was dead in Cincinnati, actually looks a little bit rejuvenated and is playing better than uh, certainly than I expected. And, and the biggest surprise for Arizona is their defense, which is ranked fifth. So I think there's a lot to like with Arizona, particularly in this game, looking for a letdown spot with the Rams. I did make the Rams minus five and a half, but coming off an electric win like that, I can see this being a letdown spot. Um, I do expect to see a lot of points, but that's why the game's lined at 54 and a half. So I'm going to sit back, watch the game, and I think it's going to be a, a real fun one here. It could go, come down to the wire for sure. All right, solid stuff on that one. Nobody kind of really disagreed a whole lot on that, so... I feel like we're all kind of tracking on the right side with that one. Let's go jump over to Seattle and San Francisco. Uh, interesting line for this one. San Francisco, they're going to be minus two and a half. Uh, there are some minus twos out there as well. High total for this game of 52. Uncle Dave, I'll throw it over to you first. I think that this is an interesting game uh, with Seattle losing and the way that San Fran lost last week. I believe that that could be, I don't want to say the dream crusher, but you know, kind of the gut punch type of game. So, I'm curious where you fall on this one. How are you feeling about Seattle and San Fran? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go real deep on this. I, I just didn't think I had to. I mean, you know, Seattle can, can all but kiss their season goodnight if they take a third loss here. And, and not only could it be their third loss, but they're looking up at two undefeated teams in their own division. And one of them will still be undefeated come Sunday night. And it's not a must win for the 49ers, but it's close. Um, and as you mentioned, I have to wonder how, how they react to losing a game that was really theirs to win. Um, the 49ers can't run the ball. And to my surprise, Seattle's averaging 5.1 yards per rush. 49ers' defense is actually 27th in yards per rush allowed. Seattle leads the league in yards per pass. And while I don't trust the Seahawks' defense, I think the Trey Lance era is coming sooner rather than later. And just that thought, I think, maybe makes Garoppolo a little bit uneasy, if nothing else. I mean, it can't be a good thing uh, knowing that he's really one of your sheeps to the slaughterhouse eventually. I mean, and, you know, so when I look at it in the end, I, I think Seattle has more ways to win. Uh, and then since it's Steve's money I'm using, I like the Seahawks. I'm with you, Uncle Dave. I like the Seahawks, but I don't want the points. I'm going to play them on the money line. I think they win this game straight up. I believe that Seattle and – San Francisco are, you know, pretty similar teams. I believe I have the better quarterback um, that's going to avoid making mistakes. It's going to avoid, you know, just standing in the pocket waiting to get sacked. I mean, Jimmy G's like a statue back there. He gets hit, he falls down. But I believe right now that I have the better running game with Seattle with Carson in the backfield versus the, you know, I guess you could say non-committee right now that San Fran was trying to run. Um, their, their backfield, they, they don't have one right now. So, um I believe I have a strong advantage there, and I, I certainly have the better wide receiver core right now uh, with DK Metcalf and Lockett. So I believe I have the better team. Seattle's not going to be happy about going on the road, going into Minnesota and losing. And I like the fact that it wasn't like this long trip kind of, you know, back home and then again to a, uh, you know, another decent road game on the road where they had to have a decent amount of travel. Uh, it's the same coast. It probably shouldn't really hurt Seattle too much, but I do believe they are the better team. San Fran's not bad. 
but I wonder, you know, how that gut punch kind of feels uh, for them. I think Seattle needs this game more than San Fran does. So I'll play Seattle here. I'll take them on the money line, plus 130. I don't feel I need the points. I feel strong that Seattle is the better team, and they will go ahead and win here on the road. Steve, when you got Seahawks, 49ers. Well, I'm totally comfortable with Dave spending my money on this one because I don't have a really good feeling about it. Uh, both teams can light up the scoreboard, yet they're – Worse than league average on defense, which is probably why the total got steamed up since the opener. Um, the public has been calling for Trey Lance, and although the, his uh, analytics aren't great, Jimmy Garoppolo has actually led the 49ers uh, to the ninth most points in the league. Um, highlighted by his clutch go-ahead drive against the Packers last week, um, which obviously was thwarted by uh, the Packers coming down and winning the game, which was obviously uh, much their chagrin, uh, which kind of leads to the spot where San Francisco needs this game. Uh, on the flip side, his YPA has been under seven the last two games, and his QBR has dropped every week this season. So I, I mentioned it before on the podcast. I really feel like the ceiling for the Niners has to, to, to be with Trey Lance. I, if they're really going to make a move, and I'm not sure if the answer is right now to make that move, but I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is starting to feel that pressure, and if they start losing games, you're going to see a, a huge title swing here um, with with movement for Trey Lance. Uh with that being said, this game should not be the game that Garoppolo has any difficulties at all because Seahawks rank 30th against the run and 26th against the past. Um, where the San Francisco offense can be susceptible themselves is up front. They've allowed seven, four sacks, 11 QB hits last week against the Packers, 11. So Garoppolo, who's been injured in the past, may not survive if he continues to get in that kind of pressure. Um with that being said, Seattle only sacked Cousins one time last week and gave up, this is crazy, 300 yards passing and 100 yards rushing in back-to-back weeks in their games. Uh, so they're getting just destroyed on defense entirely. They're, they're good at nothing right now. Um, this is a difficult one. I, I really don't have a great feeling about it, which is, which is why I'm okay with Dave spending my money on this one. I, uh, coming into it, I was leaning the 49ers, um, but I don't feel really great about it at all. I think I can understand your feeling there, Steve, is that there's a lot of things that kind of would raise red flags, you know, whether it would be, you know, go ahead and play the total to play either one of these two teams. And that's kind of why my pick on Seattle came down to, I want the team that's going to make the least amount of mistakes, at least on offense. Don't turn the ball over. And I feel like I could trust a Russell Wilson more than I can, than I can trust Jimmy G um, in that regard. So, um, that's why I went ahead and, and went ahead and played them. Let's jump over to Baltimore and Denver. I think this is going to be an interesting game. I think this is going to tell us, you know, if Denver's for real and where Baltimore is at right now. Denver are going to be around minus one. Uh, there are some pickums out there as well. We have a total of 45. I'm going to go ahead and start out first here. I like Denver in this game, and I like them a lot. I believe Baltimore going into mile high is not going to be a situation that suits them well. Denver right now. I don't want to say they're running like a well-oiled machine. Go back to last week when they played the Jets. They get a nice win, 26 nothing. I believe the zero uh, is going to give that defense even more confidence than they have right now, and that's scary. I have Denver rated as the number one defense in the league. I'm not necessarily sure if I'm right on that, but that's where I have them ranked right now. I believe that Denver probably has right now the better passing quarterback, they have the better receivers, and they have the far better backfield. And in my rankings, I have Baltimore right now. Now, this is with the injuries that they had over the last couple of weeks. I currently have them right now right around 14th. So I have the better defense. I feel like I have the better offense. When it comes to coaching, 
Uh, I, I always favor a Harbaugh, you know, over most coaches. So uh, I'll give Baltimore the lead. I'll give Baltimore the nod with the coaching. As far as Lamar Jackson's concerned, I just wonder how much he's going to be able to run in this game. Denver has a lot of speed on the outside. They have a lot of speed on the edge. And if they go ahead and they just say, look, he's going to have to throw the ball, they're going to have to use this running back committee that uh, isn't healthy right now to beat us. I really worry. I think Denver wins this game. I don't believe that the line is close. I believe they win this one comfortably. And come Monday morning, we're talking about how good is Denver. Are they a, a dark horse, you know, playoffs, Super Bowl kind of pick? And what has happened to the Baltimore Ravens? And I believe that there's going to be uh, some type of panic that does set in with that team. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Denver. Uh, nobody will talk me out of that. And I would actually caution a little bit against maybe even teasing up Baltimore. I think this could be one of those goose egg kind of games that, again, Monday morning we're talking about, you know, what is going on with this team. So that's my recommendation for that game. Uncle Dave, throw it over to you. How are you feeling about the Ravens and Broncos? Yeah, I mean, a lot going on here. And I, I think, obviously, people are going to want to be all over the undefeated Broncos. Like, And I get it. Like Sleepy. I get it. Uh, at home in that air, they do have a decided advantage. But, you know, I digress. And we'll try to find ways to not be on Denver. And, you know, I'll point to who they've beaten. Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. So, um, unimpressed. You know, look at the Ravens. They lost an OT at Vegas, which that was predictable given the circumstances. You know, primetime game, first game in Vegas. You know, they followed that up with a great win over Kansas City. But is Kansas City that good anymore? I don't know. They, 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 they let the Lions get in the end zone a few times, and that was for sure a letdown spot. And I do think the Lions' culture has changed. You know, is Detroit good? No. But they're not an auto fade anymore. So, you know, fast forward to Sunday. The Broncos defense, Sleepy, you mentioned they're good. They're first in yards per play, first in points per game. But, again, who have they played? they played teams with a combined 0-9 record and offenses that have combined for 129 points this year, which is not too many more than Arizona scored this year. And Denver's defense is also number one uh, in yards per pass allowed. But, you know, Baltimore, does, that's not their M.O. So, you know, the question is simply this. Is Denver for real or are they a paper tiger? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I've been watching this line all week, and the early betters flipped Baltimore from from a favorite to a dog, and, and that's certainly not surprising. Everybody was going to take Denver, and, you know, I think we see some sharp money on the Ravens later. And honestly, as of today, it's a pick em, and, you know, I don't know who's right. What I do know, Sleepy, I think that total is too high. You know, the Ravens put up points against the Raiders. Everybody does that except the Steelers. They put up points against the Chiefs. Everybody does that. You know, even if the Denver defense regresses, the Denver offense is just 6 for 22 in third down conversions the last two weeks, including 2 for 11 against the Jets. And I look at the Ravens, their third down conversion is actually even worse. So I feel pretty strongly that this game stays under, uh, under 45. And you know who wins? It's going to be who makes the last mistake. Is it going to be a Lamar Jackson fumble or a Broncos interception? I think that's what's going to decide this game. But I do not think it hits 45 points. All right, so there's Uncle Dave. He's going to go ahead. He's going to jump on the under. You know, Uncle Dave, you brought up a good point, you know, is is Denver for real? Because we do have to consider the competition that they played. And when I looked at them, I said, I kind of I kind of said the same thing. I'm like, are they for real? Look at the bum teams that they've played. But they won both games on the road, you know, back-to-back road games. And then they come home, and it's like, eh. And, and you got to ask yourself, were they, you know, 
were they motivated to get up for any of these teams? And, you know, I, I don't want to say that, that, that they were or they weren't, but I do believe coming back home and pitching a shutout against the Jets um, lets me know that they probably weren't looking ahead, that they were ready, that they were focused. But let's consider the fact that, like, if Denver is ever going to step up, like if there's going to be the high motivation game for them, it's going to be this game. It probably wasn't going to be, you know, in those first three games. So my gut feeling says Denver's for real from what I've seen, you know, throughout the first three games. So that that was kind of the reason I went through them. But I thought the same exact thing, Uncle Dave. And like I said, when I opened this game up, we're going to find out if they're for real and we're going to find out, you know, exactly what's going on with Baltimore. So, I was right with you, but it didn't sway my, my thinking to go ahead and play in Denver uh, in this particular game. Steve, how are you feeling about the Broncos and Ravens? I agree, again, with a lot of things that you guys are saying. Uh, with, with one caveat, you know, Denver is 3-0. You can only play who is on your schedule. And they have beat three of my top five worst teams, according to my power ratings. So there's not a lot to get excited there. But if you look a little bit deeper... Denver is actually 10.2 against the spread margin. So they're beating their, these teams by 10.2 points per game uh, on average, better than what the market suggests they should be beating them. So, yes, you're 100% right. They've beaten no one. The teams that they played are trash, um, but that's really no fault of their own. And they've taken care of business where a lot of teams we would see a let-up spot. Like even Arizona this past week, uh, they were down to Jacksonville at half. Like, that, you know, again, it was the obscure – field goal that I complained about earlier, but they've taken care of business. Now they're 3-0. They're going back home to playing for a fans against a Baltimore team that has been one of the league's best for the last few years. I think that fan base is going to be ready for that. I think Denver's going to be ready for it. Um, you know, they're professionals. You can always say that, but ultimately I really feel like there's a lot riding on this game. Uh, Bridgewater has been fantastic. The fifth rated quarterback, uh, he's been without Jerry Judy. He's going to be without Hamler, but Sutton and Patrick have both stepped up and, and played incredibly well. Um, and the Ravens have been torched on defense in two of their three games. With that being said, they did play Mahomes and Carr, so you can understand where uh, maybe they had some troubles there. But Bridgewater has been really impressive. Maybe not as uh, impressive as those two, but he certainly has played well. He hasn't turned the ball over. Um, he's been sacked two times in each of his three games, which I think could be a problem for that. Uh But Lamar's been sacked eight times in three games, and Denver can certainly get after the quarterback. I do expect Jackson to take advantage of his legs in this one and do some damage outside the pocket. I might actually look for his over-rushing prop, which always gets bet way too high, but that might be something to look at in this one. Uh, Another thing that hasn't been mentioned, it's the Ravens' fifth game. If you look at the preseason, including the preseason, it's the fifth game the Ravens have played on the road in the last six games, and now they're doing it in the altitude of Denver, which could be a problem for them as well. Um, I was really hoping that the Ravens would get some money and it looks like it's starting to trickle back towards, uh, pick them. And then there, there's actually a, a, a plus one for Denver popping up. I, I'm hoping it gets to one and a half in either direction really for Denver. Uh, I would love to take it in a teaser because just like Dave said, I think this comes down to the last possession and who makes the last mistake or, or who, who can take over the game. But I, I really think it's going to be within that touchdown. So I would love an advantage teaser and teaser in this one. I'm glad you brought up the ATS there, Steve, because I was going to mention that, and I totally forgot about that. Do we have our concerns, though, for the Baltimore defense? They go on week one, they play the Raiders, they give up 33 points. They give up 35 points uh, to Kansas City, and they pull that game out. Lamar Jackson played his rear end off. But then we go back to last week, and I don't want to cite the defense, um, 
and I don't want to say that they shouldn't have won the game. Justin Tucker went out there. He did his job. Goes out there, hits a 66-yarder, and they win that game. That team right now could be, realistically, if they don't pull out a win from KC and they they don't hit a field goal. So that team, you know, very, very closely could be 0-3 on the season. But one of the things I do want to bring up, and I was thinking about this, Steve, as you were talking about that Denver has played nothing but trash teams. You're right. I get that. But go back to week one on the road against the Giants. You can't tell me that the Giants weren't super motivated at home. And you can't tell me that the Jaguars weren't super motivated at home after they came off of 0-1. And the Jets were 0-2 going on the road. And I'm not going to say the Jets were super motivated, but I think, you know, if this was week eight, week nine, we can question the team's motivation. But you were getting the worst team's best shots probably through the first three weeks. And I think that that's one of the things that Denver had to deal with. So as, I, as I'm listening to you guys talk, not only do I like Denver, but I'm liking them more as we kind of talk through this game. So I'm glad we had a chance to go to break this down for a couple minutes. I actually feel pretty good uh, with the Broncos in this particular game. I'm not just trying to argue against Baltimore to make myself sound good just because I picked Denver. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to go ahead and talk through this game for a few minutes so I know, you know where I need to place my strengths when it comes to you know, this particular game and, and my bet. Let's jump over to our final game here. We have the Chiefs. We have the Eagles. Uh, right now, Kansas City right around minus seven, seven and a half for this game. High total on this one, too, there. 54 and a half. Uncle Dave, I'll throw it over to you. Kansas City, Philly, what do you got? Yeah, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go real sharp here on you, Sleepy. You know, I, I look at this. The Chiefs are one and two, and the sky is falling in Missouri. And the Eagles uh, being manhandled Monday night. And the sky has fallen in Philadelphia. So, you know, who steps up here? You know, there was a big move in that line after Monday night. And you'd expect that. But what I really like here is the under. Yeah, I know it's a Chiefs game. But after the Eagles ran the ball a total of three times Monday night, or to be specific, because somebody will call me out, running backs ran the ball three times. You know, I would expect them to run the ball a lot come Sunday. You know, especially given that only the Chargers are allowing more yards per rushing attempt than the Chiefs. So there is that. And, of course, I think, you know, if the Eagles have any hope of winning, it's not going to be in a shootout. Um, in spite of that Monday night football beating, you know, Philadelphia is ninth in, uh, uh, Philadelphia is ninth in yards allowed per pass attempt. They held the 49ers to under 200. They held Atlanta to 136 through the air. Um, I, I know, consider the competition, but those are still pretty stout numbers. So I, I think they'll at least make Kansas City work hard. You know, and, and yeah, the Chiefs have had three high-scoring games, but They've also played three offenses that can score. And I think this boils down to the way I see this game being played. You know, as I said, Philadelphia should want to control the clock, and the Chiefs should want to fix their offense. But Kansas City has a big game next week against the Bills. So I think in all honesty, they really just want to win here, uh, regardless of the score. So, you know, a 31-17 Chiefs win is 48 points. So I bet the Eagles Chiefs under 54 and a half. All right, there's Uncle Dave's opinion on that one. Good stuff there, Uncle Dave. Steve, I'll throw it over to you. How are you feeling about the Chiefs and Eagles? Oh, man. You know, KC keeps getting the public support no matter how poorly they play. Their ATS record speaks for itself, and the public continues to support them. I, I just don't understand it. Yet here I am with the squares, bucking my power ratings and finding myself interested in the Chiefs. I, I don't understand what's wrong with me. Um, KC has given away six turnovers. 
which is certainly the catalyst for their losing record. If you go back, you know, they they were minus four last week in, in the turnover margin. You can't win games that way. It's just not possible. Um, they, they have to be embarrassed by their performance. Now, my concern is that Andy Reid was in the hospital. Uh, it sounds like he's fine. He's back practicing, so I can't imagine that's going to be an issue. But the division is more competitive this year than it has been in, in previous years. They're max focused. They don't have an opportunity to slip up any further than they already have because there's other teams in the division that are looking to run away with it. Philadelphia, on the other hand, just got manhandled. Their offensive line is in tatters with three offensive linemen out with injury, two limited at practice. And, and you know, I, I look at all the analytics and the numbers and I, I try to figure out the, the different uh, permutations of the game. But for the Eagles to win, Jalen Hurts, Quez Watkins, and Devontae Smith would have to be Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. And that is the squarest thing I probably have ever said, and I'm well aware of it. But I can't get past the fact that KC needs this game like blood. You know, KC is a much better team with a better coach, max motivated in a must-win spot. You know, if a six and a half opened up, and this is my fault for being late to the party here, I'm going to grab it. If not, I'm going to look to play in the teaser. And by kickoff, there, I'm going to have action on KC one way or another. You know, I... For the purpose of this, the podcast, we wanted a best bet, or at least I wanted to give out a best bet. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Minnesota, but the total is so high. I would love to tease that up, but it's a higher total. Uh, I mentioned previously I want Denver and or Baltimore in a teaser if it gets to one and a half there. Um, if not, I, I guess KC minus seven is the play. I'm not exactly sure um, how to play this one. Uh, there, there's so many options. I'm definitely going to be on KC by kickoff, and I don't want to give out a best bet right now, which – you know, I'm not 100% going to take. And anytime I ever say a best bet, I'm playing my own money. And I may not play it right now because I think there's going to be better opportunities moving forward. So I'm going to sit back and not give out a best bet. We did give out a ton of bet, bet, best bets uh, on the betting predators. So if you haven't signed up, make sure you do. We have a ton of closing value this week, just like we have every week so far. Uh, we're looking for another positive week here. All right. I think there's a few things you could do there with Kansas City, obviously, Steve. One is you could tease them down. You know, you can get that team down. Um, my gut feeling says that they don't lose this game, but just like Baltimore, Kansas City could easily be 0-3. Um, that's not unrealistic. Um, they got lucky. I think that they, they came back and, and the Browns didn't knock them down and out. They came back and won that game, but they did lose against the Ravens. They did lose against the Chargers. And this could be a situation where they look ahead or they completely dominate because they have the Bills next week, and that's at home. That's a big game for them. That's going to be a game that could potentially be, you know, a, a look into the future, a playoff game. So I think they come into this one, they look to dominate. After I watched the Eagles last week, now look, I had Dallas. I wrote in my write-up, Dallas is going to win this game by three scores because I watch Philadelphia every week. I watch every play. I've probably seen every play from that team over the last, you know, four or five years. They don't look good. They have issues right now. And a lot of the issues are on the offensive line. Um, there's injuries there. And there are injuries on the defensive side of the ball. But one of the things that I noticed, Jalen Hurts is six foot one. He has four wide receivers out there. Greg Ward, who's six foot. Uh, another guy in Rager, who's like six foot. They have Devonta Smith, who's like 5'11". And then they have Quez Watkins, who's like 5'11". This team is drastically undersized at their skill position. And their offensive line uh, does have a little bit of height to it. There are guys on the line that are 6'6", 6'8", 6'5". I don't know how the hell Jalen Hurts is able to see over a line or his wide receivers are able to even see him. So I went back, I looked at the tape, and one of the things I noticed, Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball consistently behind his receivers. 
And I don't think anybody would go ahead and probably try to argue the fact that Philly might have the fastest wide receiver core in the entire league. If you give me those four wide receivers, I'll put them up against any of the other four. You're, they're going to probably going to win three out of four races. And I think that's one of the problems. If Hurts can't see them and they can't see him, and then by the time he notices them, he's throwing the ball, those receivers are just so damn fast that the ball is always behind them. And I fear that he's going to throw a couple interceptions this week because he just can't seem to get that right. And it's not like Hurts is, you know, the most accurate quarterback in the league. I think he's shown, you know, with the time that he's had, that he's not exactly accurate. One of the issues that he had, I want to go back to, I'll go back to like week two, throwing the ball down the field. That was where he really struggled. And if you go back to the game last week with Philadelphia, they didn't throw the ball down the field but once. And it was funny because the ball actually got caught. But they went down the field like once that entire game. So if he's throwing the ball behind the receivers and they're afraid to go down the field, where does that leave me? Well, it's going to put me on a prop bet, certainly for Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders, after only getting two carries last week, uh, Philly's going to go, you know what, we need to we need to at least get players involved where we're not putting ourselves in situations where we have to continuously throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. They can run. They could probably run on Kansas City. Kansas City's rush defense isn't the greatest. So I'm going to look at any player prop that I could find Miles Sanders rushing the ball over. I'll look at going ahead and teasing Kansas City. I don't believe Philadelphia can win this game. I have Philly right now probably winning five, max six games this season. The injuries are starting to take a toll. I believe that the skill position, height and size, uh, is going to end up taking a toll. I believe that's going to rear its ugly head. So there's no way I could find myself on Philadelphia right now. I don't like what I've seen from the coach. A lot of bonehead calls. A uh, place he shouldn't be calling. The, 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 actually, the, the, the play calling last week was just it was completely piss poor. And there's a, a lot of unnecessary risk. And I believe a lot of that comes down to uh, the positions that Philly's put in because of the offense and the defense and the positions that they're putting the team in, you know, for itself. So uh, it would be Kansas City for me. I don't have a problem laying the points here, but I feel playing them in a teaser is probably the way to go. Uh, I will find myself on some Kansas City player props, that's for sure, uh, because there are some advantages, I believe, uh, that we could probably take advantage of because that Philly defense isn't exactly healthy. I believe they're down to like their third string strong safety right now. Uh, they had a couple injuries last week. So uh, Miles Sanders rushing yards over. I'll find the number for that. I probably would play that up to uh, around 67 and a half, somewhere in that area. Anything lower than that, I really, really like. Uh, Chiefs in a teaser. And I'll look for some Kansas City stuff. And I'll go ahead. I'll put that on our Discord channel. Uh, but that's it, guys. Good podcast. Strong stuff here from everyone today. Uh, big thanks to Uncle Dave and Steve for jumping on. You guys know where to find us on Twitter. That's SleepyJ underscore pregame at AvoidTheVig at Dave underscore Essler. You guys can get us on bettingpredators.com, and you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on Sunday. Enjoy the games.